Got the three, two, one. Right. How you doing? Welcome to a very special episode of Unpleasant Thoughts. I'm uh, Shampoo, a.k.a. Big Shampoo. That's your boy Slider Guy, no lie. And of course, Big Shit Midnight. And we got a very special guest with us. It's a comedy legend. You yes, know, sir. A DC yeah. native. Yes, sir. You know, he uh, running for mayor of DC. You know, um, you want to introduce yourself, let them know who you, who you are. All right, well, Rodney Red Grant. Some of y'all call me Red Grant. Uh, 19 years old, I started this beautiful, beautiful venture to be an uh, entertainer. Got on Def Comedy Jam uh, shortly after that. Uh, Apollo, Comic View, BET Teen Summit, on and on and on. 15 uh, times on Comic View. Jesus. Six times on Def Comedy Jam. 16 movies. Uh, production company that's has made millions and millions of dollars. And I'm just here to sit down with some great brothers to Thank talk you. about some real issues in our community. Appreciate you, appreciate you coming through. Down, bro. I know you know you're a busy man, so appreciate you taking Hell yeah, time. I was like, what? Hey, <laughs> I used to cut the TV on. I ain't gonna lie, man. Cut the TV on like my grandma used to watch comedy. Man, I'd be like eight years old, dying laughing at the jokes. I'm like, who this guy? Came on with the energy, you know, it was, a, you know, it was great. Like, I like how, just how, down the earth you are for the people like you really really stuck to the ground you like you didn't forget where you came from so i really do appreciate that i appreciate you coming through man like I definitely i think that's important just like us coming up in, in dc or dmv however they want to call it i think it's very important for us to stay connected to those roots you know most mm-hmm. of us like when we, we find like somebody don't get eye contact or we can feel that vibe yeah you know mm-hmm. we know that vibe immediately yeah. and i think that's super important i've, I've been around so many people and, and touched so many people and, and they spread love and energy to me so i just want to be able to make sure i, I stay genuine with who i am and, and these processes as we go through this this situation god is moving me so i want to keep you know keep moving how you have me you know that's great oh, that's great to hear um i just got a the one question I want to ask you, like, what what inspires you to run for the mayor of DC? Like, like, what inspired you? Like, you say you was an activist and stuff like that. Um, what that what inspired you though? I think the people inspired me. I was I was basically called to run for mayor. Yeah. I was. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, I was. I know that that sounds crazy, but I was truly called. I I came home from California, and I had a house over here, and I had a house over there, and people in my neighborhood were. And friends was like, you know, Red, we need you to run for office. And I, at first I was like, you know, run for office. And then I started researching what office would be best for me to run for. I didn't want to be a council member because I'm not, uh, I'm not a legislator. Okay. So I had to fall back on my business. Uh, you know, me being an executive in business, me running this corporation for the last 25 years. You know, I, I started researching how DC is really a corporation. Okay. And you need people who can allocate properly and understand the community and lean on how to really deal with people, like not not be um, fake. Fake, yes, yeah, sir. So it's a lot of <laughs> fake people uh, getting in politics. They they boost up their their image, like yeah, I'm gonna help you and I'm gonna do this. But what I found out that you know the community still was suffering, mm-hmm. and you know one thing about politics, if you can just be genuine with people, if you can't help or you can't fix a problem, don't act like you can fix the problem. Get people involved that can help you fix the problem. And that's most of the people. The people know more than anything. 
Yeah. They know everything. Yeah. You know, they could tell you what's really going on. Yeah. So once they start talking to me about, you know, what off, you know, running for office, I decided to run for the executive office of the mayor because that that is the position that I, that suits me best. So I talked to my wife, I talked to my kids, and they was in a thousand percent. That's good. Like they had the family support behind you. Had to. That's amazing. Community um, and family is the, the biggest thing for me. Right. I was gonna say, uh, you know, uh, coming from uh, comedy to politics, you know, that's a transition, but it's also like a whole different lane. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, no, I admire it though, because it's like can't really be put in a box. box yeah, you know what I'm saying. But um, what makes you think you like qualified to run for mayor? Because you know some people probably doubt you, you know, but you know you probably know what you can do. Regardless, everybody got doubters when they first start out mm-hmm. in a new field. You just prove yourself. Like what makes you think you know you can be the mayor of DC? Well, you said it right. You know, you can't allow people to put you in a box first. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as human beings, we have so many. You know ways to go. You know, mm-hmm. you know God gives us special talents to be able to be creative as we want to be. That's right. So if you allow people to put you in a box, then right there you are in their jail. Yeah, you kind of hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You definitely hurt yourself. Okay. You definitely hurt yourself, and you definitely hurting uh, your ability to to grow. Okay. You know, if I if I was a mailman today, that don't mean I'm gonna be a mailman tomorrow. Right. You know. I, I want to be an executive, that's what I want to be. Mm-hmm. So my qualification, like I told you, I've employed thousands of people mm-hmm. in my business. I've worked with millions <clears> of dollars <throat> in budgets. And I've, I've had so many um, streams before streams were streams. Yeah, yeah, like sure. you said when you was eight years I, old. I, I remember the bootlegs. <laughs> I remember seeing some, some bootlegs, man. You know, so over a million copies of, of DVDs. And, I mean, it's just, you know, just if you come on my, my film sets and my, my television sets, I work for Viacom. Produced 25 uh, shows for the Viacom Network, super successful, all all um, did super well. Uh, so, you know, if you come on my sets, you'll see that I feel leadership starts at the top. And you'll come on my sets, you can feel the energy. And I think we need a leader that's going to bring that energy back to the city. So qualifications, one is to be able to be really real with the people, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, not just telling them anything. And... You know, I'm, I think I'm way more qualified than anybody that's in there now or anybody that's running for office right now. And yeah. I put a smart team around me. I feel like, you know, you can't be the one in the room to think you're smarter than everybody. No, you ain't getting no smarter. <laughs> so, when you think you're the smartest, you don't leave yourself room no. to, to learn. No, no. Nah, so you got to put people, there's smart people around you. I, I, didn't, I didn't go to school for political science. But I put a lot of political people, political science people around me, a lot of people who have been in politics their whole life. Um, and I respect them a lot. And I respect how they you know, they teach me the things that I don't know. And I teach them the things that they don't know. Right. Uh, I think leadership starts at the top. It's like a crown chakra. It's like you got to be able to flow that energy down from the top. And I feel like everybody that works around me feels that energy. Is motivated, so it, it, our city just has to be motivated. Yeah, because it's off a little bit. Yeah, I feel like that's how I feel like. Honestly, like me, you know, this is why we you know can get the heavy for the interview. Like my thing is like you were a face before you were the face of the mayor. Some people just know you for, for like say, I hopefully definitely be hope you get the mayor job because when you get the mayor job, it'd be like, hey, that's a guy who's on Common View. I could tell my kid, he's gonna come and tell him just look at him now, he is the main, he's running the city. Yeah. Or and like the same thing you said behind the scenes, I didn't know that behind the scenes. All I still think was 
this guy makes me laugh. I didn't know you, you know, had employee people run the business, all that stuff. I think a lot of people need to know that because, I don't know, I just seen you on TV. I just think somebody's hiring you and just you just reading the part. But now I know that you had your own thing and, like, I put my team together. I had put this together. I had managed money. That gives, like, me even more in, insight to, like, all right, look, you're just not just stepping up. Like, I just got the face, so I'm just going to run for mayor. No, I got a plan. I got a game plan. I also ran things just like this. I can have people here to teach this, and um, I'm still in the community, so I can also learn from them to do the political things, but also not forget my people and, like, this is what they really want. You know what I mean? So I really well, appreciate that. was only 10% of my life. Yeah. So the other 90, 90% was production. Okay. So, you know, my, my, you know, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I'm saying a lot of people don't know that. And, and, I mean, it's cool, but if they research, that's why I come on the shows like you guys, you know, so they can always know that it's bigger than just the entertainer side. Okay. You know, I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a businessman, I'm a philanthropist, humanitarian. I'm not a politician. I'm a humanitarian. I tell people all the time, I'm a humanitarian first. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I'm running for a a political office, but that don't take away from me being a humanitarian. That's why I can still go see backyard. Yeah. (laughs) See, you know, I can still pull up on people in a real way because they understand that I'm a human first. Yes. And I think if we start dealing with people in the human ways that, that... and get away from the political outlook. Mm-hmm. You know, we can really change some things in our community. When Marion Burry was mayor, he really touched us. You know, they would they would say that he did what he did, but he never turned his back on the people of DC. So we need more people that's going to always be in touch with that system. Yeah, yeah, to really be a human in in these positions. Yes, I like like the Marion Burry. Like I. I've heard of it growing up mm-hmm. and it been a part of the community. I heard, I don't care who he was. They was like, I don't care what he did, he still was doing for the city. Yeah. And then that just shows you he still out. made human mistakes. Like, again, they wish he could come back. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm studying him right now. I'm at, I'm at UDC taking uh, a political science, I mean, a political uh, DC politics class, and we're studying certain things from D.C., like from the 1800s, so when I, when this city was really, when slaves came to the city running from the south, mm-hmm. and like 1867, when black men first got their right to vote, they were fighting like crazy for us not to get that right. So it, that's why it, it, it upsets me when we don't go out and vote, especially black men, because yeah. black men, we was the first, we was the first to get our voting rights and we had them for seven years in D.C. And because we became so strong politically, they took, they, they got, got rid of home rule for 100 years from 1874 to 1974. So for, for 100 years, they didn't let us vote at all. They would rather, people would rather us, them not even vote as a, as a city, regardless of what, what race it was, geez. than to have black men vote and control our own destiny. That's a history lesson. Yeah, we, 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 we might as well just cut the That's how it kind of is now. It's I mean, like, some things kind of do still. Be like that, yes. But that's why we got to always communicate with each other because history is always repeating itself. If yeah. we allow it, it's just it's like 2.0 of it. Yeah. So we can't ever forget where we come from and we can't ever um, not lean on our power. 
Our power is bigger than us. We, you know, we can sit back and say, well, man, I ain't voting. It don't really make no change. It do make a change if you all we all get together and and become one. They, we, we the strongest humans in the world when we have one. Yeah, yeah. Go right. get up, go knock on your neighbor's door. Hey, man, I'm about to go vote. Come on, hop in the car. We about to go ride. Let's go. I mean, it's like, that's what I told you. November 8th is going to be a party to the poll. When they, when they vote for Red Grant. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm party dead. to the poll. I'm yeah. dead. <laughs> party so, to the poll, November 8th. I always tell people, November 8th, party to the poll. Gotcha. You know? So, um, I know you said you started when you were 19, yeah. uh, starting the business. And around that time, around that, around that age, a lot of people in D.C. and the DMV area, really, that was a real formative years. And uh, that's when you start to get yourself involved in the environment. And I see you... You pretty much had to become your own product to avoid becoming the product of your environment. I agree. Um, so, as you uh, from you doing that, you say you've been in business for twenty five years doing your own thing. How did you? How do you How do you want to help the youth in the NDC to take that path and not become products of their environment? Uh, well, that's a that's a great question because when I was. You know, I'm where, a, where'd you grow up? I'm a, I was getting ready to tell you. I was born. I was born in DC General Hospital. <laughs> I moved uptown to Tyler House. We lived in Tyler House for about five years. And then we moved to the South Side, uh, Minnesota Avenue. Oh and yeah, they, they just fixed those streets. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, my mother worked two jobs, raising me and my sister. And I, I had a great opportunity to be a, a student athlete. Probably was an athlete first more than a student. I think, I think everybody here would say that. Yeah. I think everybody here would say that. My God, get this grade to play? I can play. Yeah. So I graduated from Susan Junior High School. Then I went on to play football at Dunbar. Oh, that's High a good school, school too. Um, yeah. And I got recruited to play football at Savannah State University with Shannon Sharp. I was about to say, that's a Shannon Sharp school. So I played with Shannon Sharp. I mean, Sharp played together. So I, I was a freshman and he was a senior. And we got, a, I got a, a great opportunity to just make history with that brother. So when I, I feel like I, I wanted to still be a product of the streets at, at one time, mm -hmm. even when I was in college and I didn't take my, uh, my learning as serious as I should have. Mm -hmm. So when I came home from college, I went to UDC. I started working for Department of Recreation and I started coaching kids. So I coached kids for that whole time until I started, until I got on TV. And, and they, to this day, they called me Coach Grant because I was coaching in basketball, football, swimming, uh, soccer, whatever. I didn't even know how to play soccer, but I coached <laughs> in soccer. Uh, but I just think implementing those programs again, you know, opening up our recreation centers, you know, building programs. My program, Don't Shoot Guns, Shoot Cameras, is the biggest pro uh, program coming out of D.C helping kids learn filmmaking from beginning to end. The film helped me to uh, improve my life, so I want to be able to bring that back so they can use their creativity to, to help mm -hmm. themselves. Can you tell us a little about that program? Yeah, that program, um, I started it in Ward 8 uh, th three years ago, uh, really two and a half years, two and a half summers ago, and we, we uh, that was our first uh, core, me and uh, and one big G Glover oh, yeah. came together uh, to make give these kids an opportunity to write the films. They wrote the film, they, they shot the film, they edited the films. Uh, we brought on people like Matt Barnes, Cat Williams, uh, uh, 
from uh, Byron Davis. Byron Davis. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah, Byron Davis. Uh, Snoop Dogg came on. A couple of people came on to to just help the program, but you know the initial chord was in uh, War Eight, and then we moved last year to War Five, and we did also Los Angeles. So we moved it from uh, we did DC and LA last year, and the kids last year wrote about gentrification and social media. So this year we plan on making it even bigger, taking it to more cities but also just making this the hub of it. And we, we found out that these kids are, that are in high-risk areas and high-violent areas want to, to do things, and we mm-hmm. just give them an opportunity to have fun, be kids. Mm-hmm. See, that, 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 that's good, because I, I, like, I grew up running the games in filmmaking, but realistically, being where I'm from, it just kind of didn't really feel realistic. Mm-hmm. So now that, that program right there, it's, it's real. Yeah, like, it kind of shows you that you can do it. Like, I'm from where we from, there's a lot of things I didn't know we could do till we got older. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not really taught that we can do it, and a lot of times we didn't see it. But once you put a camera in their hand, it's a whole nother experience. Yeah, right. I mean, we got Chico B, you know, he's from the city too. Yeah, yeah. Chico yeah. came through this summer. You know, I just I just want the kids to see like that people that they look at on TV, like they just not on TV. I can actually yeah. touch them and see still, them. They still real people. Because that's person. how I feel like. Because like, they from where you from? They from yes, the that's even better. They from yeah. the west, southeast, southwest. Yeah. Like, you meet somebody north. like you that did it. It kind of shows you that it is possible. And I feel like DC is it's it's a small city compared to other cities, and stuff. And now, like I said, I appreciate you coming back. Like the Chico Beans, even Dave Chappelle, the Trajee P Henson, that comes back here and actually give go give back to the community, but. When, when y'all do that, y'all come back, give back, and, y'all, and then y'all, it's like, we don't have a homegrown, nobody's homegrown DC. Like, LA got the Snoop Digger be like, I'm on West, I'm on West Coast yeah. all the time. I'm here. Come holler at me. But yeah. I feel like so many DC people, celebrities, they go, all right, y'all, can't do drop pad. See y'all. I'm back to this place. I'm back to LA. I'm back to Atlanta. Yeah. I'll be back the next event. Yeah, I want to bring Hollywood to DC. That's right. Like, that's that's yeah, I feel like. Tonight, I say I don't really feel like DC got like a I feel like the people who kind of made it, not 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 the people not the people that sent down, but the people who just made it. It's like the people just still waiting. Like, dang, I wish my we need a savior type of thing. Like, I want somebody to come up. Hey, I see them knocking us out the way. You know, it won't be no DC like it was a DC when you was coming up. Like we was coming up. It's gonna be like, oh, what's going on around here? I think we have a great opportunity to make it that again. Okay. I think that. I like the justification. I just don't want us to be moved out. I like the building up the community and stuff. Yeah, that's that's a. I think that's a key to make us look better. I just think that we have to, you know, put pressure on banks to make sure these developers. Because I just learned about the first time home buyer stuff and all that. I ain't know nothing about that growing up. Developers (laughs) have a a checks and balances system. You know, we we have to be able to put people in in those places to live that haven't gotten that opportunity. You can't just tear down the whole community mm-hmm. and not give opportunities for people to afford to live in places. You know, black people are amazing individuals. Mm-hmm. You put us in the right places, 
we're going to strive. So why we can't take advantage of the amenities that they're, they're building and the gyms? And right. <laughs> we want those. Those things make us happy. It makes us keep love to have That's how I felt. Like, I walked into, like, one of those new ones down the waterfront. I'm talking about... Nice apartment. That's like, hold man, you got a basketball court, you got a garden joint, you got a uh, lounge upstairs. This is in your apartment building, bro. If I had that, I would not been running no blocks on those streets. I'm in the house. Those nice places, they be right across the street from the hood. And I came and push no button to go in that joint. It's like sometimes we looking across the street and we know that they got something that we never had. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just kind of. A lot of stuff people see kind of mess with their mindset too. So maybe that's why like gentrification, they feel like people they, they coming to take it from us. You know but I mean? gentrification been happening a long no, time. time. Yeah. It's a it's a necessary evil. Uh, well, well, it is, but gentrification happened uh, in the early seventies, where you know Columbia Heights was. Mm, I know, heard about Columbia Heights. You know, <laughs> um, and certain people move in, certain people move out. Right now, you know, even though DC seems like it's growing, it's not growing because of what the pandemic did to us. It's declining. So all the people that were moving in now, they're trying to move out. Okay. So now, if you look around the city, you see a lot of uh, for sale signs, yeah. foreclosures, for lease signs. Uh, these these businesses are out of business. You know, the pandemic destroyed us, and mm-hmm. we as a the, the the city government didn't. I don't think they did it enough to keep people in this in the city. Mm-hmm. I think that we, you know, we, we offer them PPEs and we offer them different things like that. But it, we have an opportunity to keep people in the city. Restaurants are closing because they can't keep up with the COVID rules or the mandates or, you know, vaccinations or non-vaccination. Then we got a separatism system. We got a system that separates us through, you know, vaccines now. If I got the vaccination, you don't have the vaccination. Now they like, oh, no, well, it's almost like when we was in the 60s, when if you black or you white, mm-hmm. you know, you can't drink in the water fountain now. And we can't be a society like that. We know this, 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 you know, COVID is becoming an endemic. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, if you don't know what the word endemic is, it's what the flu is. It's not going nowhere. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. So we're going to have to learn to live with it. And, you know, you're going to have to, whatever, like they take your flu shot every year. If you feel like your your antibodies ain't strong enough, you go in there and get it. Some people, you know, when they get COVID, it don't affect them at all. You know, they might lose taste or smell and it's over. And some people, it's, it put them down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a delicate situation, but we have to be able to, you know, not be separated from this situation. Yeah, I feel like COVID's doing the more of a dividing thing instead of uniting. I feel like this time we need to unite because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is literally the common enemy. COVID-19, the common is taking out the human race. Just... Well, when COVID first started, you got to understand, we went through not only just the start of a pandemic, but we went through really uh, a s- riots, mm-hmm. George Floyd. Yeah, you know, the whole... It yeah. was like, you know, people weren't even worried about COVID yeah. at that time. We was rioting, you know. And so now it seems like it's re, re, uh, reacting itself. Um, uh, and it's something that we, we can't let take over us. It's like, it's like you said earlier, like history is constantly repeating itself. It and, is. I mean, at first it was the blacks, whites. Now it's the vaccination, non-vax. There was rioting back then for other reasons. They're rioting now for eerily, eerily similar reasons, which is ridiculous. It, you shouldn't be rioting for the same, I guess, like oppressive reasons as we were way back then. Yeah. I'm not just, you know, I feel like it, 
we gotta be smarter. You know, we gotta get more connected with the with God and, and the universe. And once we do that, you know, we can we can look at each other in the eyes as men and just say, you know, I see me and you, and you should see you and me. And once we start seeing each other in each other, then we're gonna treat each other better, just point blank. That's what's up. Um, can you tell us about your nonprofit outreach program? Right, uh, you said the those should go cameras. I just wanted to expand on this. You say you were in other cities, and like, how was this program funded? Like, oh, it's funded by people like yourself. Okay. Um, we got no government funding. Oh, so just like, like they have ways, like a like, donate? How can you? Where's the way that's going to contribute? Yeah. Don't shoot guns. Don't shoot cameras. Don't shoot guns. Or DS DSG. SC.org. Um, and I, I hooked up with uh, the Hustlers Guild, who they have a powerful movement, powerful nonprofit organization. They power Don't Shoot Guns, Shoot Cameras. You know, Yasmin, Selena, and her whole team, they just like, they just super, they, they super uh, smart individuals, young, and they just help me power the situation. And I, I give them so much love because when, when the pandemic first hit, we started doing this thing called the Hustlers Hangout. And the kids was at school, I mean, out of school, but they had nothing to do. So we, we used to have like two to 300 kids on, on Zoom before Zoom, people was even knowing about Zoom. Mm -hmm. And I'll bring my celebrity friends in, like I brought Snoop in, Anthony Anderson, Jess Hilarious, uh, Ricky Smiley. I brought Eat uh, clothing in. And we, we just, every week, we sat and talked to our youth about things that were positive. And it, it it was a hit, so we were kind of like the first to use Zoom. That's good. Uh, so, but don't shoot guns, shoot cameras. I just feel like there's so many powerful programs that can come off of that, be yeah. an extension, an arm of that. And I, I I suggest that if you have a program, you know, just hit me in the DM. Let me know what your program every program is because I'm always looking to reach back and pull other programs in. Because you gotta understand, the government only funds about five programs in the city that's not uh, uh, violent prevention programs. When it's over 60 different violent prevention uh, programs. I'm to cut you off. So, did, did they choose that, or just like their number? Like, that's their cap? I mean, they, that's what they. They, 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 they could do more than that. They choose it. Okay. They choose to do what they wanna do. But if, just imagine if we gave money to all 60 or 70 non violent, I mean, violent prevention programs in the city, how much we can be able to touch. We talked about earlier how, you know, you gotta be able to be in touch with the community, yeah. right? So the youngest listen to certain people. Just that's just a fact. It's fact. You know, but and, and certain people they don't wanna hurt. Yeah. You know, I got some youngers that when they do something dumb, they know when I call them they like, Mr. Graham, sorry, Mr. Graham, you know, I shouldn't have did that. But they know immediately that I'm hurt by that action. Because we have discussed this before, and I've even given you ways to get out of these situations. So, you know, we have, we have to be uh, a government that gives more to individuals who really cares and who can touch uh, the people of our city. And if, until, we, until we do that, we're going to have a lot of loose ends in our programs. I mean, it, it's, very, it's, it's very simple how to run a government because it, it, it's about... Keeping your ear to the street, listening is a key. We got ANCs and ANC meetings every day. You, you, you the, the citizens and the, the residents of DC always talk. Mm -hmm. They tell you what's going on. 
what's happening. It's like if your kid crying out to you, telling you, look, they, they bullied me at school. I ain't doing that. Go fight. Or go do this. I ain't listening. You got to listen. We got to listen as a community here. Yes, that's dope. Yeah, you say, uh, you know, you did a lot of, like, production. Mm-hmm. What, what are some things that you might have produced that, like, the normal average person wouldn't know about? Uh, my first film was Family Reunion. I did that in 98. Um, I was able to get an angel investor to give me a half million dollars to shoot my first film in D.C. How do you do that? Uh, Get that, people to just believe right. in to you. I'm a writer, right? Okay. So I, I, I stand on being a writer. Uh, even if you see me on stage, that's how I think I, I've been able to have longevity in this this business so long because I'm always uh, reinventing myself, just continue to write. Mm-hmm. And I write for some of the biggest artists. You know, I, I, I just love to write. So I leaned on that because I felt like in school, they said I wasn't a good writer. So when I went to college, I learned, and it's crazy because I had to go to remedial class <laughs> to learn these, but you know, you take that test and they tell you to write an essay. I wrote a letter because <laughs> my grandmother used to teach me how to write letters. I, st- I, put, like, I just put the pen to the paper and put some periods <laughs> in the, the joint, you feel what I'm saying? <laughs> and I put Sincerely Yours, Rodney Grant. And you know, it came back with all reds, but I, I learned in that class how to write essays, how to have an uh, introduction body paragraphs and a conclusion. And that's been a masterful um, uh, thing that has driven my career because my every joke that I write has a beginning, middle, and an end. And every movie that I write has a beginning, middle, and an end. So I teach the youngest, even right now, when they write their short, short films, beginning, middle, and how important it is. It's all in your head. How you want your thing to begin. How you want it to, to be what you see in the middle and what you see your ending being. And that's how life is. You know, how do you how do you maintain? Right now we're in our body paragraphs of our life. We already had our introduction, our birth. birth. You know, and how do you see your life ending? You know, do you want it to end in a foul way? Or do you see yourself being on, a, you know, helping people out or doing what, what needs to be done to help our community? So to answer your question, I just, I just want to always motivate, you know, our youth to write and to, to put that pen to the pad. Yeah, that's like I said, I wish we had some like that, like that, yeah. up, Cause like, like I say, we we write, we writing things like yeah. that. But you know, it's just like we had to learn that ourselves, though, for the most part. Well, writing the craziest thing when I teach the youngest, I don't even try to push them to like do it in a certain format. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just sit down and say, okay. We're gonna write about gentrification. What do you see in your neighborhood? Boom, they go, well, I see this and that, this, and they tearing out a house and they moving us out. Okay, that's what we're gonna write about. Boom, boom, boom. And I teach them how to write character development. Once you get character development and, and know how to, to write just the whole process of it, they understand, they like, oh, damn. This how, oh, I can get this out of my head. They don't have, as long as you get it out your head, you can you can you can structure it properly. Yeah. So it, it's it's important to get it out of your head, and I think that helps with mental health. I think that you know a lot of times our youth dealing with mental health, they've been through a lot in their life, yeah. 
And just getting that, those things out their head is, is a very important process. It's like some people don't have like someone to talk to, so that could be like a different outlet. outlet yeah. Well, some people don't know how to talk to others, so mm -hmm. that is a like creative way to express your feelings. Like a lot of people do music and mm -hmm. things like that, but now that is a great way. Like I said, but they might didn't know it was an option at first. Yeah, because when I go on stage, I I, I don't see my I'm, a, I'm not really a comedian to me. I'm just a person who write what I see. I write what I talk about my family. I talk about my friends. I talk about myself. And I feel like everybody's going through that situation. So I try to be a real relatable individual to people. And that once people are not really, a joke is really just you seeing yourself in that position that related, that, you know, being related to that situation. And, you know, if, if I'm dealing with certain things in COVID. Like I'm talking about, you know, the mask or something like that. Everybody wearing a mask. Yeah, everybody everybody got to go through wearing a yeah. mask. And, and, you know, you don't have to make writing hard. You just got to write what you see. And I feel like I feel like natural energy is people naturally funny. Some people just naturally. Do you remember the first joke you ever wrote? Yeah, I, I, I used to, I didn't know, see, I didn't know I was going to be like a comedian. I've been like, all my life, my mother put me in choirs. I used to sing my head off. She used, I sung for presidents. Uh, I used to go down to doing the lighting of the Christmas tree and sing for presidents and all of that every year. Um, so in my heart, I thought I was going to be a singer. And then when I got to school to, to Savannah State, we all used to do these like talent shows and I used to come and do this character uh, called Reverend Feelgood and shop and then we used to be my security and we used to go, you know, but I wasn't trying to be no comedian. I was just trying to entertain. Um, I think my first joke was a terrible joke. I went to my first time on stage was at Mr. Henry's and Adams Morgan, and I talked about if Wonder Woman came to my neighborhood, they would shoot her wrist off. So it was some. It, the crowd ain't even really. They was like, "Whoa, they be shooting Wonder Woman." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wonder Woman. And they ain't really, they ain't really, you know, I, I ain't get booed, but I ain't get But then I feel like you, you got the temperature. Yeah, <laughs> you like, got the temperature of like, like, all right. And you know, like, as a, as a, in a, when you're on stage, if, you know, sometimes silent is worse than a boo. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't it's, it's, yeah. it's, like a, it's a real psychological killer. Mm -hmm. It is. Like, y'all ain't hit a joke? Yeah. <laughs> so when I got on stage, my, one of my frat brothers, shout out to Cap Bob one of my frat brothers, Rob Pearson, he was like, we sitting in the car, he was like, I mean, I was like, how I do? He was like, I mean, you did all right, but he was like, but you ain't talking about what you talk about when you with us. He was like. So you went up there trying to pretend to be somebody you wasn't, or? I was just wasn't talking about the reality okay. of, of what's going on in my real life. Okay. You know, so once. He was like, man, you gotta talk about like when you be with your, your that stuff you be talking about with your bubble and your kid, your father and all that. He was like, once you talk, man, you do that, do that stuff you do in the house. Excuse me, in the house, I was like, oh damn. And once I once he told me that, I was like, mm, don't go away from what who you are. Wow, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, just do what you've been doing that make them laugh. Okay. So I started doing that and I became a beast. I say now I'm getting from you, man. Like I never knew you was in all this, like frat fraternities. Like one thing I feel like you are as a man, like you always found yourself to do something, so you want to get into other things and still try to 
Like, I'm doing this, but I ain't going to just do that only. I'm going to do this, too. I'm going to go do that, too. I'm going to go do that, too. I'm not about to just focus on one thing. I'm going to be, you know, what do you say, uh, Jack, Jack Wall, trades and stuff like that. But I, be, I like that, though. Like, you don't you fuck yourself. Like you uh, comedy is a stepping stone to get like other things that you want to do. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's my, it's, it's the base. It's the same. It's like right now, too. This is my last tour. I'm touring with Cat Williams. Uh, and like, we do Friday and Saturday. I come back and I campaign from all week long. And hey, I'll be even campaigning when I'm out of town for those two days. But it is, you know, he asked me to come and be on this tour, and I was like, uh, well, I'm running for mayor right now. He was like, well, I'll make sure it's your last tour. I was like, hey, uh, he made, he, we doing a hundred, we did a, I think it's a hundred cities. Um, but it, it, it it's, it's, it's meaningful for me. I think it's, it's sad that I got to get away from it, but I did it for 30 years, and I feel like I'm at that, that point in my life that I can continue to grow. Yeah. Without being on stage, so I, I think like, it yeah. is, to answer your question, it's my base. It's been my base. I'm not gonna run from it. I don't care. If people be like, well, he a comedian. He can't. Do I'll be like, that don't make no sense nah, though. I mean, Jesse the Body Body Grantero was a yeah, on a sports nigga, governor. There's so many people that's been entertained. Uh, Sonny Bono, you know, was a singer. You know, it, that don't make you. Dumb because no, you're no. in entertainment. Right, that's not right. the only thing you can do. do yeah, yeah. So that's 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 all right. Yeah. Like that's like them. Like this podcast, it's just like the first step of you know. We got a bigger goal than just you know just sitting. Around but don't ever lose the originality of it. Nah, yeah, we want to keep it going like this. Because this is know. a this a good vibe. You know, this a good vibe. And once you got a good vibe, you can take it and put it anywhere. Yeah. So I, the same dude that was in Mr. Henry's, the same dude that just did the Barclays. So, wow. it, it, to me, you just take that individual or those individuals and you put them in different settings. Don't ever lose who you are. Don't ever lose that genuineness and, and this thing to who, the, the questions that y'all ask, it's real questions. Don't let anybody try to steer you wrong. And, oh, y'all need to ask them. No, you need to ask, do this and do that. Yeah. <laughs> ask from y'all heart. Huh, yeah. Continue to do it. Yeah. So I see you got your mantra, and it's a uh, purpose over popularity. Yeah, is that over popularity. Tell us about that a little bit. Um, I just, I think it's important to understand your purpose in life, right? I've been popular since I was 19 years old. I, that's why I, when people ask, they say, well, what, you, come, you come home and get my money? I'm like, I don't need no money. I don't need no clout. I, they I say that for the Kamea? Yeah. They, they, oh, man, that don't make no sense, though. Right, right. Yeah. So I don't need no money, and I don't need no clout. So it's not because of any of that. And popularity can always go away. Yeah, especially in this day. I say, I say being the main and doing wrong, your popularity, they it's, could destroy you. Like, <laughs> yeah. You on the clock clock on the big four or five channels. <laughs> so, so that's why you really got to be understand your purpose. Stick to it, see it, stick to it. So when I say purpose over popularity, I just mean that everybody that you see in life got a purpose. Whether they tap into that purpose or not, that's on them. But everybody got a purpose. And but so many people trying to be popular, and you could be popular as hell and be broke as hell. I think that's the way this generation is in with the social media. Yeah, so I mean, if you're gonna be popular, use it to your your benefit. Put it on YouTube. 
understand how to, you know, monetize the situation. Um, but my purpose in life is to help people. I always have been. Once I understood that, even in making people laugh, that's helping people. Uh, being a humanitarian is helping people. Giving, giving back as a philanthropist is helping people. And I always just want to stick to my purpose and not let nobody take me away from that purpose, no matter who I am, who they think I am. You know, so because some 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 people assume that you're a certain person until they meet you, mm -hmm. and then when they meet you, they understand that oh shoot, he he just a uh, he's a human, he's a human being. Yeah, so look, that's why I tell them don't 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 put me in, don't don't put me in the box, and don't assume who I am. I always tell people you should read the four agreements. You know, if you never read the four agreements, it teach you how to keep your words impeccable. So if I say I'm gonna pull up to y'all podcast. You know, that's my word. You know, I mm -hmm. want to keep that impeccable. Um, never assume anything. You know, always ask questions because, you know, assumptions come when you don't ask questions. I can't assume that you think in a certain way if I don't ask you a question. What they say, if you assume, make an ass of you? Yeah, yeah. No, never assume. <laughs> uh, never take things personal. No matter, you know, if somebody come and they, they beat their horn at you, oh, and you get mad too, nah, just let that... But it ain't about you, it's about them. It's what they're going through. I grew into that person. <laughs> I, I, I used to like like work work in the customer service and being like a supervisor, I used to tell people like something similar, like you let this person come, they come, they upset, they make you upset and then they they, leave, they forget about you and you, and you personalize man, you mad all day. <laughs> can't even focus at work and that person forgot about you as soon as they left the door. Yeah, you personalized it. Never personalize anything that people do to you. You know, that's a good like, thing. That's what's, that's what's helped me and 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 even running for office. Like ever since I made an announcement on May fifteenth, they've been coming at me. You know, so, but I didn't personalize it. I, I, that's just what they they got to do. And also, then if people come for people they don't know, like saying like. The same thing you just gave us, all the, the background you gave. I didn't know anything. But been, been watching your movies, big supporters, and everything you watched, but never knew the, the background you did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just saw the front the front of you, you know, the front face, the face of you, just know your face. But now, as you're running for mayor, it makes a lot more sense to me. Like, oh, he really can run this city because he's been running companies, he didn't employ, and he's a part of the community. He's just not just saying this. To be like, all right, like I said, for the popularity, I'm going to come back to my city just because it sounds good. Now I'm already here. I got my feet on the ground. I grew up here, and I've always been teaching and giving back before I was running for mayor. So that's awesome, though. I appreciate the, the that. Last, the last, uh, 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 last one is always do your best, right? So you can always do your best. Whatever your best was for the day, y'all coming here today is doing your best. Me coming here, I did my best to get here. So... And your best today might not be the same as tomorrow. So, or yesterday. But if you, your best tomorrow might, I just wanted to sleep all day. I was the best sleeper. I've had. <laughs> <laughs> the best sleeper I've had. I, I, be, I be giving people who their money. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if, you know, but always do your best. So I always tell you know, Four Agreements is a great book to read. It's, um, a, it's called Four Agreements? The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements? All right. Yeah. Yeah. A, and you can get it in audio. You ain't got to read it. You can just listen to it. It'll talk to you. That's what I do now. Pop some headphones <laughs> in. <bottom. laughs> it's good to do that. Uh, yeah, because I feel like when you're reading, there's a lot of stuff when you're reading. You go around, you're looking around. But when you got it in the headphones, you got it. Your brain is literally like, I hear this. I can't do nothing but tone everything else out. But listen. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So I mean, I, I, that, that's that's the word of my 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 wisdom that I can give when mm -hmm. it comes to that. So, uh, how important was it for you to come back to your community to uh, to do all to start all these ventures? Super important. Uh, when you grew up in D.C., you like you are you around the culture. A certain <laughs> culture. Uh, this culture raises you, births you. We got our own language. <laughs> You know, we got our own music, our own clothing, the way we dress, the way we feel. Um, so it was like super important. I've always repped the city super hard. Mm -hmm. like, I make sure they say, when they introduce me, they gotta say from Southeast Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. um, it's an important thing to me. There's so many youngers that's like, like from the South Side, Northwest, Northeast, and, and Southwest too, that understand where I come from and I understand where they come from. And I be feeling, I feel like they, like people forget about our youth, right? A lot. And they, they turn their back on them because they just don't understand them. So it's super important for me to do that. I see my brothers like Snoop and all of them, how they give back to their communities. They start football leagues and, and put people through college and put them in the pros. And I want I want filmmaking to be like the pros for me, like put them through college, put them through the pros of filmmaking. I want them to be the next Spike Lee's. I said, you don't have too many of those no more. Like, you got the Spike Lee, you got the Tyler Perry, you like the big name, big names, but like, yeah, it's a lot of youngest ones. It's a lot of capable people. Yeah, it is a lot yeah, of them. And they don't cost as much. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, when I was growing up, like, you, you don't actually got to get one of those big cameras and all that to do. Now, if I had a half a million today, when I made my film like I did in 98, way, way I, would make, <laughs> I would be able to make 12 films. Mm -hmm. So, and I was just barely made a film with, with the, the budget, yeah. You know, so, uh, because film was more expensive, now we got digital. You ain't got to worry about, I got to go, really go buy that film, don't waste that nah, film. Nah, <laughs> you got to go develop it. Yeah. You got to, you know, it's, it's yeah. a lot of, you know, goes into that. But to answer your question, that it, it, it's super important for me to be in D.C., uh, live in D.C., uh, help D.C., because I just think it's something magical here. And it's worth me coming back. It's definitely magical. Star's always me here. That's what I tell them, man. I say, like, you know, LA, they had their movies. They got their boys in the hood. Atlanta got their movies. That's the DC need one, like, a movie that kind of, like... And that's what I'm making. It showed it early, yeah. like... like I'm creating, like, about three or four like, of those right now. Like, 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 movies yeah, based right. on the city? Like, but, as, but actually, like you feel the you feel the culture. It's a DC, it's yeah. a DC movie. You know right. it's DC. You actually can see the, the hoods. Oh, I know that still right. That's still really right there. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, instead of just another another place, I'm saying it's set in DC. Yeah. yeah. Got the green skin in the background. Just got the White House. Everybody just fake walking. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Like that. But it's a huge ass fence right there. You ain't that close to that fence. But people from that's not from here. Well, no, we know it's a barricade before we get to all that shit. White House, <laughs> the Monument, that's all they need to see. Oh, yeah, that's DC. That's DC. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely good. Like, 
you're definitely a man of your word in yeah. terms of like what you, you you practice what you preach. Yeah, sir. And I could just see that just in the, the form of your answers you're giving to us here, how you always said you had your writing style. It was always important to have a beginning, middle, and end. Like even the way you're answering the questions here, you you formatted that way. Mm-hmm. So it's true I to say. Like you gotta get, I think it, answer the question. Don't don't beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't. When they say don't be too political. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't people's emotions. Right? You know, I can't hold on. I mean, yeah. it's, it's enough bureaucracy in the world right now to slow stuff down. People ask you a question, you know, answer it, or if you you don't know the answer, tell them straight up. You know, I can't answer that question because I need to do a little bit more research. research. I'm not well informed on in that. Yeah. You know, but don't don't bullshit. I, I hate when people be, BS me and just be like, oh, oh yeah, hey, 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 how you doing? I hate the hey, how you doing, the lead joint. I just feel like, you know, if you say you're in a public office or you're doing public service, you're supposed to just stop and be able to talk yeah. and, and give people that energy or set up a form for people to come in, ask you questions, and it's this time. This you, I'm like, I feel like you could do that too. Like, you got, you actually got people who can really walk to you like, hey, how you doing? Look, I can't chat right now, but here's my card. Call me, I got something to talk to you about. Yes. Just like that. But then you connect, because you know, I mean, business, but I got something else to do. Yeah, yeah you're not just brushing I'm not just brushing off. Yeah, I don't like right. the brush off. I think, I think people receive you better when you, you know, you know what I'm saying, show that you personable. Instead of just acting like, I don't care, whatever, just whatever. Like, if you running for an office and you showing up just to show up, the people that's there going to be looking like, I don't know who runs the place. He just works here. I say how much time, you know, I could have been like, you know, yeah, well, I'm going to give y'all 10 minutes and five minutes. Yeah. Huh, I'm going to give y'all the same time I give all the other podcasts, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. That's what I do. I, I feel like once we leave that 45 minutes to an hour, if you ain't got all my answers and you don't know nothing about red grant after that, then you just ain't asking yeah, right questions. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. Now this this gonna be a huge this gonna be a huge huge um Interview right here. Yeah. It's gonna definitely be national. I definitely appreciate you coming through. I know we ain't gonna hold you too long because you know the forty five minute hour mark coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like I like the entertainment. I, we would, um, can you tell us anything like specific that you got coming out? Um, like I in, any way we can contribute? Yeah, I want. Yeah. Right, so I tell people all the time: go to grantformaddc.com, become a volunteer, donate. I don't care if it's. $25, you know, just donate to the campaign. Uh, also, register, you can register to vote if you're not registered to vote on Grant for Mayor DC. Uh, that's important. We're trying to sign up 100,000 new voters that haven't voted in the last election. Uh, she so said 100,000 haven't voted in the last election? 273,000 um, voters who were registered to vote did not vote in the last wow. election. <laughs> So you know the numbers, that's crazy. Man, that's yeah. the thing with the devil. Some of the people probably upset. Yeah, so only 180,000 voted. Ooh. So if you look at those numbers, you know, we want to tap into those 273,000 voters who didn't vote. You know, because you know, there's so many of the voters that did vote that are with us, but we want to really blow them out the water. We want to uh, let them know that the people are using their voice and they they making it clear that they want change and they want change now and they're not they're not gonna settle for anything less. That's why we got over three hundred volunteers and we wanna get a thousand volunteers. We want people to volunteer 
and volunteer, and we want them to use their voices to get out in these streets and help us make this continue to make this movement the movement that it is. It's a grassroots movement. Everybody know I'm running as an independent. I was a Democrat my whole life. My mom's was a Democrat. Her mother was a Democrat. And we still ain't got our voting rights. We still don't have the things we're supposed to. So I changed my party to independent, nonpartisan to run for mayor of Washington, D.C. I think it deserves a nonpartisan mayor, somebody who can reach on both sides of the aisle. And gotta go, I got to go politic with him. I got to go politic with uh, Shawty over here, no, too. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to go through party politics on this one. Mm-hmm. I think our city deserves us to come together, all parties. And I'm not saying leave your party, but I'm saying keep your your thoughts independent. I like to be human before anything. <laughs> Just keep your thoughts independent, you know? You know, whatever your party is, don't leave your party. But and I'm not telling you to, but I'm telling you to keep your thoughts independent. And that's why I want you to make sure y'all just vote for red. When y'all get to that poll, boom, push that button. Yeah, I ain't know. I ain't got black. Who this guy? I know who's got it. Yeah. Ding. Yeah, you know, he tell you. Yeah. 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 I know. Who, not just who's by his face. I know who he mean. What he about? Bing. Yeah, ain't I no second guessing that. Political they just the fact they're the front runner. Whatever yeah. they say on TV, you don't really know about their character too much. Oh, well, yeah. they gonna get upset on November eighth, you know, because mm-hmm. people get comfortable. Okay. And when you get comfortable, that's when you get upset. It's like any other fight you win. You never can go in there comfortable. Mm-hmm. You better have that nervous feeling. You better have that feeling of, oh man, I don't care if you can whoop them or not. If you think you can win or not, you know, make sure you are prepared. Put your hands up and do what you're supposed to do. But they got their hands down and they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. This ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made it. That's so why I'm here. So they ain't, I ain't, it's like being the champ. Like, I ain't got to train no more until the young, the young gutter come in there. <clears throat> First round, the champ ain't never been knocked out. Get me out of here. Then you're sitting there like, damn, I should have trained. Sleep. Yeah, sleep. Sleep. Right, I should have trained. Who's this young man? Who's this wolf? It happens, though. It happens. It happens all the time. Yeah, man, like, so, you know, I just, I just, I, I continue to motivate people. You know, we want to, like, in the last election, even, I mean, I, I don't talk about the president or not, but we did, as an organization, teamed up with the uh, Hustlers Guild, and we brought on, like, 40 to 50 celebrities to create over, like, four to six million votes, new votes, signed up that many people to vote. That's a lot of people. So that's what I want to do in the city, sign up all the people who are not registered to tell people who have just come home for, from prison or jail that they can vote too. You know, don't think that you can't vote. You you have the power to vote in D.C. Uh, convicted felons can vote. In, in D.C.? Yeah. Okay. So don't think, because I, mean, I went to... I went to everybody got a gun child down here. Yeah, but you can still vote. <laughs> So don't think you can't vote. Use your power okay. so we can we can reverse some of this stuff and we can make is, it benefit us. Is there like a way like because I know some people like they in jail they don't know that is there like some like program like that spreads the knowledge to like people in prison to let them know? We gotta continue to spread. You know, no. we gotta let our brothers and sisters know. Yeah, you know, we all connected. We all got Word somebody that's locked locked up. Yeah, and we just gotta let them know when you talk to them on the phone. Yeah, I heard something. You can still vote. Blah blah. You can still vote. You can still vote. And, and, and that vote right there is going to be the vote that helps me get across the, the, the finish line. Because those are the people who have been forgotten. Mm-hmm. They ain't getting the jobs that they should have. When you come home from, from prison, you should be able to get a good job. There's so many jobs in this city that, that, you know, that, that should be given to people uh, who come home. 
and they should, you know, be able to be looked at. They did their time. They served. They they rehabilitated. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't look down on anybody. You know, anybody can make a mistake in life. Yeah, that's crazy. They, they always they get looked at as like second class citizens yeah, because they look at all of us as second class citizens. But we yeah. gotta let people know it's an even ground, and, and we gotta continue to be you know look at each other in the eye and just be real with one another. I definitely, definitely agree with that. Like that dude, like that's that's amazing how everybody just focus on you know. Like, cause when you're a unit, it's better. I feel like I feel like I'd rather lose as a unit than lose by myself. You know, I'd rather go on here fighting together with everybody got my back instead of going there fighting like nobody got my back. You know what I mean? That's how I feel like we just got going. We did, we did, we did to the max. We came to the go go seven deep. Yeah. Something happened. I best bet all seven. Got to throw some hands. You know what I mean? We know who we in. If we threw the hood up, we know you messed up. You should have kept your hand down, but I'm with you. Stay away from that side. We over, over here. Awesome. You know, it is a respect, you know. Say y'all yeah. day. It's yeah. respect. That's you had your you had your thing. I do my thing. That's why I say so. It comes down to respect. It's like, all right, this where you grew up. This where I grew up. But you know, what I'm saying we all have like you know the same thoughts of what we want. We want to we want to make you know equity for ourselves. We want our family to be, you know, in a great situation. And at the, at the end of the day, we just want to be peaceful, for real. Yeah, man. You know? I feel like money brings that, like, they say money no bad happening, but it brings a lot of peace. I could go buy some peace. It's oh, mine. Equity is the key. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy some peace of mind. You got to equity into, uh, to, the, to, the, to the city. You got you to gotta make, make the people who don't have, you have to, you know, it, we've, been, we've been behind so long because of, you know, I mean, let's keep it 100 you know, we were brought here as slaves, mm -hmm. and we never really got caught up. We didn't get our 40 acres in the mule. They didn't get no reparations like everybody else. You like, know, you we, the one. We didn't yeah. get no 40 acres in the mule. No. And, and, and they promised they promises a lot. A lot. And yeah. so we still been, you know, and people should not look at us as, oh, we're begging. Y'all crying. That happened 100. Boy, I got my grandmother who was 90 years old hitting on 100. Yeah. She was alive when that yeah. happened. Yeah. Like, what you mean? That's yeah, it's not, it's, it's not it's gone. That generation, yeah. it, it, it ain't <laughs> it's hard. It's not. It's not. I, I have they a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, like, that don't even happen. They want to make it feel like, way, way, way back. Remember these things, yeah. Right? yeah. It's, it's and it's not, still happening now. We're, we're not that far removed from that. So I mean, times. it's just a, it's a fair situation. We talk about being fair. We gotta continue to be fair. That's the first thing we learn. You know, share and be fair. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. when you look like share, be fair. You know, let's be let's share and be fair. You know, Man, yeah. I feel like people gotta change their mentality a little bit because they say a lot of it's like it's like crabs in the barrel. And, and, but like somebody else said, like crabs don't naturally belong in, in the, the burrow. Somebody put us in there. Yeah. I don't want to be in no burrow. burrow. I People, people hate sometimes when I speak on it, but it's a Willie Lynch syndrome. You know, Willie Lynch created a document. Oh, he got a book. Yeah. A nice but book. But his, his one-page document was so powerful to controlling the slaves that he said 400 years it will um, they will perpetuate the hate amongst each other, you know. And it's been that was supposed to be in 2012 when we got free from that situation. It's 22 now, so we're 10 years 
far-fetched from that situation and we still perpetuating the hate amongst each other and we can't and now it's bigger now the Willie Lynch doctrine ain't just for African Americans it's for all Americans now we perpetuating the hate against one another and you know it's become more economical than anything yeah it's like you know it's like separatism at all times and we can't have that we got to fight against that this period and point blank and, and, and when I leave this earth hopefully they look back and say you know we're for for you know the rights of people in general just people all people all people yeah yeah like why can't i have all friends yeah. why can't i learn from all people shouldn't have children yeah, yeah. why